Super Talk Mississippi media production. Reminding you why the Mississippi Gulf Coast is such a great place to live, work, and play. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. Uh, that was a terrific conversation with Mayor Mike Smith from the city of Waveland. It's always good to see local leaders that are so passionate and love their city. Only good things can come as a result of that. So if you've missed that, you know, go back and take a look at it at Facebook Gulf Coast page, uh, Super Talk Gulf Coast page. And uh, you'll be glad you did. Now we're going to turn to chapter here, uh, the, the page, and uh, turn to my friend, Jeff Duncan, the Saints columnist and reporter for The Athletic. And for those of you who may not have seen my past conversations with Jeff, let me tell you just a little bit more about him. I don't normally do this, but I want to make sure you understand who Jeff is. We worked together at the at NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. Uh, he's been honored four times as columnist of the year by the Louisiana Sports Writers Association. He co- he's covered the Saints longer than any other journalist in the nation. Um, he's written two books, Tales of the Saints Sideline and From Bags to Riches, and he's finishing up his third book now, the definitive book about the Sean Payton, Drew Brees era. And I should also point out he's one of 48 members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame Selection Committee, and I'm sure there's more. But uh, with all that, let me just say hello to my friend, Jeff. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Ricky. I'm doing good. Thanks for that uh, kind, over-the-top introduction. I appreciate it. Well, you've earned it. You've earned it. You've been, you've been swinging for a, a lot of years and doing really well. Hey, incidentally, what's the latest on your, on your most recent book? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm actually close to putting this baby to bed. Uh, you know, a book project is a long, arduous task. It's like the black cloud that hangs over your head every day. And it doesn't go away till the book is actually printed. Right now, we're in the revision stage. We've just wrapped it up. So the book should be going off to the printer. I'm thankful that it's actually going to get to the printer and uh, should be scheduled to release uh, October 13th in the fall. So we're really looking forward to it. Well, it's the first of its kind. I mean, I mean, literally the opportunity to make your case that the Sean Payton Drew Brees team is the most significant quarterback head coach tandem in the history of the NFL. Yeah, you know, and there's going to be arguments against it. I even have some very respected colleagues that make some pretty strong arguments, mainly because they haven't been as successful in the postseason. Uh, they only have one Super Bowl on their resume. Uh, but we all know Saints fans here, people in the Gulf uh, Gulf Coast area understand uh, that there's a lot of circumstances involved in that. And you really have to look a little deeper and go beyond uh, just the surface of their record, because we all know there was a horrible call that prevented them from making the Super Bowl a few years ago. Some fluke plays along the way. And a lot of it really, Ricky, falls down to the, the defensive shortcomings during the Breeze, Peyton era, more so than this great offense, which I make the argument is the greatest offense in NFL history, mainly because of the rare combination of this brilliant offensive mind, Sean Payton, paired up with a Hall of Fame quarterback. We really haven't seen that in the history of the NFL. And they've given you they've given you really incredible unparalleled access. And that's been incredible for the book, hasn't it? Yeah, I got really got to kind of peel back the curtain uh, and show readers uh, just how the offense is put together during the week. I think people are going to be fascinated by how much work goes into a, an individual game plan on a weekly basis. And also just how involved Drew Brees is in the game plan, uh, probably more so than any other quarterback in the league. He has 
a lot of autonomy at the line of scrimmage to really get the Saints into the right play. Uh, he knows the playbook up and down like the back of his hand, and they trust him. Uh, the, co- the coaching staff has such great confidence in him to get them in the right play that really he's kind of running the game uh, as it goes on. It's pretty fascinating when you really can kind of get behind closed doors and see how the sausage is made. And I really think, Ricky, that the reason the Saints have been so successful, and, and I know this is not sexy or some kind of secret sauce, it's really just how hard they work. I mean, these two men have an incredible mental capacity and mental stamina to continue to grind away on a game plan and look at film and try and find what they call the golden nugget, the, the flaw in the opposing defense to attack during a given week. All NFL coaches and players put in a lot of work. I think the Saints are exceptional in that area. And Jeff, one other thing before we move on to talk about the NFL season and what to expect going forward. Um, one of the things we talked about on the past shows is the complexity of the of the playbook. I mean, you've got to have a PhD in offense. And when players come into this offense, our young players are coming up right out of college. Some of them get it, some of them don't, but it's not something you learn overnight, is it? No, and it's actually a part of the, the Saints' uh, scouting evaluation work, Ricky. They, they actually... Uh, evaluate players on not only their intelligence, but their football IQ, their uh, their work ethic. Are they going to have the discipline to dive into the playbook every night? Is football important to them? In other words, are they happy just making it to the NFL and making that big paycheck? Are they really into becoming a great football player and knowing your assignments? And if you don't know it in this offense with Sean Payton as head coach, you're not going to stick around long. They're just not going to accept that. And this playbook is as extensive as any in the NFL. I would argue it's probably the most extensive. And that's mainly the result of this head coach, offensive coordinator, offensive staff, and quarterback being together for 15 years. They kept adding and adding to it. And when new players come into the system, they don't dumb it down. you got to catch up. So it's a big challenge. It's so interesting. That's why, you know, athletes, they want athletes, but they want smart athletes and they want athletes with character. <laughs> Those are all things that they're looking for. So, uh, hey, let's let's switch gears real quick. Are we going to have an NFL season? Well, I really believe we will, but there's a lot of unanswered questions right now. I talked to some Saints staffers yesterday that are heavily involved in their training camp, uh, you know, setup. Uh, they organize training camp every year, and they haven't received any guidelines yet from the NFL, or at least only partial guidelines, because I think the NFL is still trying uh, to do their due diligence on this. I know they've got executives over overseas in Europe right now. We, we know the Premier League has started up. That's basically the NFL of Europe. Uh, the Bundesliga, the German Pro Soccer League, has been going now for about a month. The NFL has executives there basically monitoring best practices, what works, what doesn't work. Uh, You know, soccer, Ricky, is very much a contact sport. There's players all over each other all the time. They're sweating on each other. They're spitting on each other, uh, just like uh, American football to some degree. So I do think there's promise that we'll have a league. It really, I think, comes down to what everything comes down to, Ricky, money. (laughs) There's a lot of money involved. And the NFL, I cannot see... Uh, you know, doing away or, or doing away with a season when so much money is on the line for their sponsors. Now, I don't know if we're going to ever have any fans. I think that's the, the real question. Can we get fans to attend these games? I think that's a big question. But I think there will be some, some form of football, yes. 
It's been so interesting. We literally could we could spend the whole show talking about all the possibilities. You know, if you have all the DBs in a in a in a room together, and you know they all get it simultaneously. What do you do? What if one of your star players gets it? What if the whole team gets it? You know, you know what if they what if this happens during a playoff scenario, whatever that might look like. Gosh, it's so complicated. And the, and the reality is, the pandemic's not going to go anywhere for this season. It's we're gonna the best we can hope for is that some kind of a vaccine comes out after the first of the year, and, and that's still a long shot. So literally, the moment that we're in now is what we're going to be dealing with as we go forward. And you're seeing across America, there's an uptick in the cases, which sort of expected with now that they've begun to open up the economy. Me, um, there's some tough, really t- in, in, incredibly important decisions that are about to be made as it relates to the NFL. Yeah, and I think the NFL, because you have a governing body, you do have a commissioner, a board of directors, uh, I think there's more promise uh, that they will have some type of guideline and policy in place and a plan. I'm more worried about college football, to be honest with you, because it seems like because there's really no governing body, even though the NCAA technically is, we all know college football is run by the, the presidents and the commissioners of the Power Five leagues. And because every state right now has basically jurisdiction over the policies of you know attendance and uh, potential crowd gathering, uh, you're really going on a state-by-state basis. I mean, you're over in Mississippi right now under different – guidelines and restrictions that we are here in Louisiana. And it's like that all across the country. And there's no czar of college football, if you will, that can make these decisions on a unilateral basis like Roger Goodell can do for the NFL. And from what I understand, the NFL, the way they're going to get around this is it's going to be equal for everyone. In other words, if there's one state that's still holding out that they're not going to have any attendance, Everyone in the league is going to abide by those same uh, guidelines to make it an equal playing field for everyone. There's not going to be 75% attendance in in Texas and 25% uh, capacity in Louisiana. And I think that's the hurdle that I think college football is facing. There's really no uh, governing body right now making these decisions. And Jeff, one of the things, we'll come back to this after the break because we're coming to the end of this segment. But what we'll do after the break, though, is you're seeing these stories, these fraternity parties, uh, graduation parties in New Orleans. I read on NOLA.com this morning about the series of, uh, of graduation parties where young people were there not practicing social distancing. And the, the, the dynamics around college and the ability to sort of, I don't know, corral the players so that they're not getting you know infected in some way or another it's going to be it's you add that to what you just said it really gets complicated so let's uh we'll come back with jeff duncan he's a writer uh for uh the athletic and a saints expert and we'll see you after this break Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Twitter at Supertalk MSGC. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.